Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, a reading and meditation in the scripture of the day. <laughs> I am James Thomas. Today is Sunday, September 10th, 2023. It is the 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time, and today's reading is from the Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So one thing that this reading does for us today is it establishes the importance of Jesus founding a church. Jesus didn't simply come to save us as individuals. Although we believe in an individual judgment that comes at the end of each of our lives. So that's significant. I need to know, we all need to know that our actions, our choices will determine where each one of us spends eternity. We can't say, oh, I'm going to heaven because I have a good wife or I have a good husband or I have good parents or whatever, because my grandfather paid for the church bells, <laughs> things that I hear all the time. People want to say, well, I, I don't go to church, but you know what? You, you, I, you owe me because my family has given so much over the years. Well, okay. It's <laughs> Those are nice things, but each one of us is responsible for our own salvation. Yet, Jesus founded a church, a church where we encourage each other, a church where we correct each other, a church where we agree on what we believe through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We believe the Holy Spirit was given to this church, and the Holy Spirit is a spirit of unity. There are many gifts and fruits of the Holy Spirit. One of them is unity. Jesus prays that they all may be one. So when it comes to, let's just say, I'm going to use more technical terms here, excommunication, or defining dogma, defining doctrine, um, development of doctrine that happens over the centuries. Jesus intended that we all be one and that we have this church. And sometimes we have to correct things in the church. Sometimes we have to submit ourselves to the authority of the church Jesus says, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. So there's so many things here. And when someone is ostracized by, from the church, by the church, well, that's because of something that they've done. Now, we're living in confusing times where those sometimes that are leaving a parish or leaving a diocese are the ones that are actually in union with the church. Uh, and you might have entire groups of people that are in heresy or schism, etc. And even there, even when things get more difficult than ever, still we have to maintain our faithfulness to 
the teachings of the church and because these are teachings that are part they're 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 a fruit of God working through his church through the community over the centuries in all parts of the world things that have all been agreed on universally so even if a bishop says well our diocese is going to do this crazy thing okay we can still find other believers and we can still go and pray with them I'm always saying to people, if you don't like your pastor specifically because he's preaching heresy from the pulpit, find a new parish. Don't stay in that environment, that toxic environment, which we find all the time. Um, so there's lots to say there, but I wanted to just focus a little bit here at the end on, you know, where Jesus says two or three gathered together in my name. I am there in their midst on just the value of praying together, the value of community. This is the one of the main values of the church, and that is, and you know, we're constantly encouraged to form prayer groups, things like that. But the church has always encouraged community, whether we're talking about a parish, whether we're talking about, and I, they weren't always called parishes, and they weren't always run the way we run these contemporary parishes. There are many of us that believe the contemporary parish structure is a failed experiment, uh, if you look at the ancient communities in the first and second century, they weren't run like modern day parishes, but still they were communities, people coming together, sharing their lives together, praying together, supporting each other, and perhaps representing a certain town or city or region. Um, so these are things, you know, we, we need to consider ourselves part of whatever it is that we feel called to, such as Maybe going regularly to a monastery and praying there. Maybe it's a certain parish. Certainly our prayer groups. It's very, very important we have our prayer groups, but also the family. And I just wanted to emphasize this point, the point of people praying together. When we pray together, there is extra strength. I've done a lot of marriage prep over the years. And marriage statistics show when people are caught up in their sins, when they're living in sin before marriage or even in marriage, let's just say with contraception, the divorce rates are extremely high. Isn't that amazing? But the last numbers that I heard showed when couples go to church together on Sunday every week, there's a 90% success rate in those marriages. When couples pray every day, it's a 100% success rate in those marriages. With all of the horrible numbers of divorces, the highest number out there is couples that pray together every day. Now, couples that use natural family planning, I think it's a 99% success rate in their marriages, which is also an extremely high number. Never mind the fact that NFP is more effective at regulating births than all the other things put together all the forms of contraception and this and that. So why is this? God blesses. Well, one reason is God blesses those things that are good, and he does not bless those things that go against his plan. Um, but there's many. I, I just want to talk about the different levels as to why this works, people praying together. Marriage is one example where we just see endless success in marriages and in families, including the children, in praying together together all the time. Daily is has the best numbers. But also there's a uh, there's a document put out under Pope John Paul II Fraternal Life in Common where it addresses the issue of religious communities who pray together just like the marriages the the families. 
And I, I, I thought it was written by Pope John Paul. It was definitely during his time. It might not have exactly been written by him. But Fraternal Life in Common talks about how in religious communities, on an earthly level, there is no reason they should be getting along with each other. <laughs> you have people of all ages and of all backgrounds getting together, trying to live a life that's difficult to live. And it doesn't work except when they're praying together. But when they're praying together, there is a harmony that develops. There is an appreciation for one another. There is a joy in the house and a joy that they take in one another. There is a spring in their step. There is a success in their ministry. You see the young and the old helping each other, working together. You, You would wonder, how does this work? that they have such different backgrounds and now it's just a regular thing of them working and praying in harmony. Well, it's because there's prayer. Because when there's prayer, it breaks down the boundaries. It unites the hearts. And I don't, I I say this and, and in analyzing this and telling people why this is the case for families, for communities, for parishes, even You know, the promises of Mary, if a country prayed the rosary together, they would have peace. If the world prayed the rosary together, there would be world peace. For families that pray together, they will stay together. Why is this? Well, one is very simply, God blesses those that pray. God blesses those that come to him humbly and say, we need your help, Lord. Plain and simple. There are so many spiritual, supernatural fruits from people that pray, especially people that pray together. And it's because of this gospel passage Jesus is telling us. But also there's another thing that occurs, and I love getting into this with couples preparing for marriage. There is a deeper psychological and emotional bond that forms when people pray. Why is that? Well, we can consider the different levels of connection that exist between people. For example, the most possible external physical level of unity. Maybe, you know, a sports team that wears the same (laughs) t-shirt, a sports team that works on their skills together. And so they develop a harmony. There's, uh, you know, couples that agree on where to put the forks and the spoons and what color the curtains should be and which room should be the bedroom and which room should be the office. You know, there's radical external, I don't mean radical, but like there's extreme external conformity. Then there's a physical bond that goes deeper through maybe touching, through affection. All the hormones are at work there. Of course, that can become a sexual bond. So, and a lot of people out there, yeah, they're they're sleeping together on the first date. You know what I mean? So, There's a harmony that comes from that, but there's a problem now when we, and I don't mean this talk to be about sex, but just, you know, to explain that when people focus on the externals and get all caught up in the physical externals, then they don't go deeper. So I always recommend for couples, and of course I'd recommend this for everybody else too, try to go deeper as soon as you can and try not to get caught up in the externals. When it comes to a sexual bond for a married couple, that's meant to be icing on the cake. Did you ever just eat icing with no cake? Yeah, it tastes good maybe the first bite and then it's disgusting afterward. So how do we bake the cake? Well, we try to go deeper, just like we would in any friendship, especially if we're spiritual people. 
getting to know the others better, communicating better. So there's a deeper level of communication, which brings us deeper in our bond. And that helps us to connect at the level of the soul that helps us to connect in the emotions and in understanding. There's so many good reasons to have good communication and vulnerability and openness. And hopefully we see that grow. And sometimes when we start opening up emotionally, when we put the focus there, we might even realize, hey, this marriage isn't for me, you know, before you marry the person or this community isn't for me, this person isn't for me, etc. Because we go deeper, we see deeper things. And I think a lot of times that's why people don't want to go deep. They don't want other people or even themselves to see what's in there deeper. But let's take the next step now. And that is when people pray together. This is a deeper level of your person now that you're sharing. This is a deeper level of intimacy. The soul is the one thing we take with us when we die. The body is left here. The house is left here. The physical stuff and even the brain is left here with a lot of thought and emotion connected to it with the hormones. The hormones are left here in the dead body that we leave behind. But what do we take with us? Our soul. And how do we form the soul? We form the soul through prayer. Also, virtue versus vice. You know, practicing uh, good works versus breaking the Ten Commandments. That comes with us as well. Our relationships, to some degree, come with us as well. Hopefully, we want to see our relationships continue in heaven. If people have dragged us down in the other direction, well, that's going to come with us too. So, but ultimately, our relationship with God at the deepest levels of our soul, those are the things that are most deeply who we are. So if we can bond with another person at that level, that is the best bond you can have. And I've experienced that so many times in my life, in attending school, in youth groups, in just prayer groups that I've been in. These are my best friends for life people that I have prayed with, people that I have shared my faith with. And those are the best marriages as well. So going to have to wrap it up here. But the bottom line is what Jesus is saying. Form bonds with others that go very, very deep. Pray together. Form bonds within the church. There are many pockets of the church that are just taking advantage of people's devotion, that are not truly in love with Jesus. Avoid them. Seek out the people and the places where there is a true, genuine relationship with Jesus and bond with others that are in those places that truly love the Lord, that are truly trying to go deeper. And that's where we will find our best friends. That's where we will grow in our faith. That's where the church is being built up in this world as a force for making the world a better place, but even more importantly, building the kingdom of heaven where we hope to reside for all of eternity. Hope everybody has a great day. God bless you.